Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What with Dan and Judy. Today we've got Alice on, who is a presenter and producer focusing on history. Hi, Alice. Hello. How are we? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Great to be on. (laughs) Good, good to have you on. Um, Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you actually do, Alice? Yeah, sure. So I work at a company called History Hit and we are a subscription channel, which is, and we only produce podcasts and documentaries and articles but it's only history so we're really focusing in on the past and my role there is a presenter and I'm also producing and writing and researching and looking for documentaries all the time Um, another thing I also do the TikTok accounts and the Instagram accounts and in my spare time outside my normal job I'm also do some writing so I write a book at the moment um, which is all about James Gilray who's one of the greatest artists in British history even though no one knows who he is <laughs> but I'm about to change that. yeah I was gonna lie then and go oh yeah but I've no idea who that is <laughs> yeah well I've got permission to bring him back to be a national hero so you'll you'll know about him soon <laughs> cool so why history then where did this love come from um, well, I've always loved history. I know people always say that, but I always have. And I'm really determined, I think, to... I've, I've sort of seen a gap that people in, in TV and documentary making and documentaries that I see on the TV. And I just think that there's, they could be a lot better. And I'm, I've, I think because I've had this kind of prior interest in history and I've got this kind of interest in media and... I can see that there's a gap and that's kind of fueled my passion for it. So that's what I'm plowing on with at the moment, really. So have you got a, a specific time period you love? Because like, I'm, I'm a massive history, but is there a specific part of history that you just, you love? Um, I, um, people always ask me this and I feel like I should have a question and it's not that I don't love history. I definitely do, but I'm, I just, I read stuff, you know, I have to do so many different things at work all the time in mm. all different parts of history. And the more I read about things that I even don't know about them, I just find it so interesting and so surprising and fascinating. So I wouldn't like to say that I have got a favourite period at all, because I think that would be dishonest. And I think it's also fine not to have a favourite period. Yeah, of course um, it is. But um, I, <laughs> I mean, all the, it's almost like there's so many parts of history which I've never learned about at school and university even though I'd spent four years at uni studying it and it's these parts that I perhaps find more interesting just because they're such an unknown to me and I'm hungry for more (laughs) and so for you in this job it's sort of like a mashup between two jobs you've got the history side you've got the tv presenting that sort of side what sort of came first and did you like direct your education towards one of them and then sort of fell into the other side of it yeah, it's really interesting. So I've definitely always really liked history and at school does really into history. But I suppose in hindsight that the job I'm, I've ended up at the moment, it makes sense that I've ended up here because, you know, there were a lot of I've done a lot of kind of theatrical things in my past. Um, so I used I performed when I was younger at the Royal Shakespeare Theatre and I I put on a fringe show and I uh, which was a kind of comic um satire historical satire show at the edinburgh fringe which was kind of very media heavy and i also um when i was at university i started a magazine um which was about history and about a kind of satirical take on history as well but that you know required kind of develop my editing and writing skills and photoshop skills that kind of thing so um 
when I, I didn't really know when I joined History Hit that I would be so TV focused, but I kind of joined, that's kind of come a bit later that I've really focused in on that. But I think it was the perfect job for me at the time because, you know, it, it kind of involved history, but also writing and the potential to be editing and the potential for theatre, theatrical things as well. Um, so I think it's, I was lucky that I fell into a job, which was probably a perfect fit. And so did you, uh, after uni, go straight into history here or did you do anything else um, in the meantime? So I left uni and I went on the, I was part of the Royal Navy at uni. So I did um, a Baltic operations over the summer. Wow, <laughs> that's was, cool. Yeah, which was like totally not related. Um, but yeah, I spent about a month, miserable month trying to apply for jobs, not knowing what to do. Everyone else was becoming a lawyer. You know, that's what history students tend to do. And I applied for I just emailed loads and loads of kind of history companies emailed history hit and they um, I just did work I was the intern for a month so I did work experience and you know we clicked we got on really well and I'm still here (laughs) so how long have you been there for how long has history hit been going for because I don't think it's something I've actually heard of that recently yeah so it's I mean it's really it's only about three years old um I think that's right. Yeah, I think it's like under five years old anyway. Um, and I, I've only been there for a year and a half. So not that long, really. But yeah. <laughs> so what's an average day like for you there? Um, getting involved with different things, I can imagine. Yeah, it's really varied. And that's part of the perks of it, I should say. Um, you know, sometimes I'm writing a, a script on... I don't know, the the history of the Eleanor Crosses, some sort of medieval mark on the landscape, or I'm maybe I'm editing a documentary that I've just filmed, or I might be making some content for social media, um, or we might be throwing some ideas around about what kind of documentaries we want to be focusing on that year, you know, looking at all the um, anniversaries that are coming up that particular year, or... Um, or I might be out the office, perhaps doing a recce of a site. Yesterday, I went to the British Motor Museum and had a look around because we might do some stuff on the Land Rover there. And tomorrow, I'm going to the Florence Nightingale Museum in London, in Waterloo, which I've never been to before, which is really exciting. But we're filming a documentary there, a tour. So I'll be out and about tomorrow. Um, so yeah, it's really varied and it changes all the time, which is really nice. So what was it about older um, history documentaries that made you think, oh, do you know what? I can do that better because recently um, I, I've seen a couple on sort of even Netflix and they've just really stepped it up and there's a higher production value in there. Is that what you're kind of thinking of and, and looking at doing? Yeah, well, I'm sure Netflix, I feel like Netflix are kind of, you know, <laughs> changing the world of TV. So They are, they are, yeah. They're good people to follow. And, you know, History Hits a subscription channel and Netflix is a subscription channel. You know, our tagline, our like classic tagline is History Hit, the Netflix for history, (laughs) 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 which people seem to understand what that means. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's just my experience of watching TV on the BBC, watching TV on our actual television. And so often they're just so thin on content and... You know, for example, they'll go, I feel like presenters have this habit of, you know, they'll go into an amazing museum or gallery or um, cathedral or something. And they'll say, wow, 
this is amazing like just imagine what people must have felt to be here (laughs) (laughs) don't say anything and I, I think now I've noticed it it really gets on my nerves and I really try and be really rich on content because I think that's what people want and like Mm. I've seen from my work that people do like that and they respond quite well to it um and the other thing is that I think they're just a bit boring they're a bit dull you know we've seen Top Gear and the success of that where basically there's you know the topic of cars and millions of people watch it even though they have no interest in cars Mm. and there's no reason why that can't be utilized for history so I yeah those are the kind of things that I want to bring into mainstream history that's it and I think I think it's really important that people know about history I think it's massively kind of undervalued and sort of you you do it a bit at school but nobody you know very few people enjoy it or they would say they enjoyed it at school um, I'm probably one of the odd ones out but yeah. I don't think we learn enough about history because you can relate to modern day events once you know you know what's happened in the past Oh yeah, 100%. Like it completely defines how you I think it completely improves your how you can view the modern world because it's yeah. Um but the it's oh yeah, what I was going to say is that the you're right that lots of people do love history and there is a potential to there is a potential a massive potential audience. Mm. Um but we're not getting through to them at the moment and I've the, I have seen a, a, shim, a tiny clink of light coming through when I do the, because um, when I do, I have to do some TikTok stuff for work, which, you know, and when, when we were decided we we're going to do TikTok, yeah. it was very much sort of, oh no, we're going to do TikTok. Like, <laughs> like, someone here has got to like infiltrate this, this mass of 16 to 18 year olds. Yeah. Um, they decided to choose me. But um, actually it's the way that we present it is just so light-hearted almost like I was almost worried that people there's not enough history in it but actually you know with loads of cultural references and loads of um I can't think of one at the moment but people do I think people do remember it more and they do engage with it more so I, I think you hit the nail on the head with the Top Gear analogy like Top Gear is a car show but in actual fact it's really not you know, it, it's an entertainment show with cars thrown in there. And I think to engage people, you're right. Like I saw your TikTok, I think it was a TikTok or a reel you posted earlier. Um, <laughs> uh, was it three things about Queen Elizabeth? I yeah, think yeah. <laughs> so that, that was like, I don't know how long it was, like 20 seconds or something, but it was really engaging. And there was three like historical facts in there. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it works, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's the, that's the key thing. It's got to be entertaining. And I think the... Um, yeah, it's got to be entertaining and then you, it's got to be historic, but people don't realise it's historic. You've got to kind of slip that in secretly. Yeah, that's it. Of course, some people have, like, people have tried to do this. And, but often I think what producers do is they get a comedian in and then they kind of, it's just too thin on actual history. Like, it's kind of funny, but mm. it, it's just, I just don't think anyone's quite got the balance. And I'm sure it's really hard to do, but I would like to try and get that. So you said earlier about some of the different things you managed to get involved with. Is there anything there uh, that you do day to day that you think you're better at and your skills generally lie more towards? Um, I suppose in some ways history, um, I suppose editing and TV work can often be quite formulaic, um, whatever the opposite of being creative is. You know, you're just kind of, sometimes you're just editing and I I think some people in the industry um, aren't 
that aren't as creative as I don't want to say they're not creative, but sometimes maybe I feel like sometimes I've got loads of ideas <laughs> and <laughs> I know I, I feel, I feel annoying. I feel like I'm an annoying person sometimes because I just keep pestering people like, oh, should we do this? And they're probably just like, Alice, no, just, you know, <laughs> you know, even I actually dreamt about the idea for a documentary that day. So I was like a bit worried about. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sign you're working too much. When do you start dreaming about work? I know, but- I know. You're, you're again one of these people that we've had on the podcast and we've had quite a few recently I think Jules where they've taken something that they they love and they enjoy and they're applying it kind of like to, to a modern world to the social media aspect to like history hits um, you know it's a great idea because it's going into a niche and really building that niche out yeah I mean yeah it's like and it just it shows you that you can if you've got a passion you can use all the different skill set and use the modern tools of social media and the internet to to build a brand right yeah completely and it's amazing how there is such an appetite for history hit <laughs> you know it's there is a, we've only just got going really but we've just scratched the surface but it will be it's going to be as big as Netflix soon I'm sure <laughs> I'll hold you to that <laughs> And so you said uh, the History Channel does podcasts and all these different sort of things. Yeah, so I mean, so on the channel, there's there's different um, podcast series. So the main one is um, is on something called, well, it's Dan Snow, who's the guy who set it up, who's, the, um, who's often on TV, who's been on TV for years. He, you know, he just talks to the best historians out there. And we just talk about all the major big topics. That's literally everything. But there, we are launching other ones. We've got one on the ancient world, which is really successful. One on the world wars. And we're going to launch some stuff on the Renaissance. And um, I think the Georgian world, probably, which hopefully all the Bridgerton fans can tap into. <laughs> that's it. Yes, it. Jump on the trends. That's what you've got to do. <laughs> yeah. So obviously you have to do a lot of research for different areas in history that you don't particularly know of. Um, what? So your process is to learn about that and how would you maybe say to other any other historians maybe going through university how they can tackle researching a new bit of history? Well, that's interesting. I think um the thing that I'm the thing that I'm like really working on, I think, is or the thing that we're doing in, in our world, it's not as long as you've got a good resource, a good you know, you're using a book that's definitely reliable. Um, it's not, I don't feel like I do that much research because you've kind of established what has happened or what are the key points. And, and then the key, like the most important thing is building a narrative and building a good script. So obviously that has to be completely correct, but, um, that's not really what I, I think I spend lots of the time doing. Um, it's more putting it together. And then we talk to lots of experts and kind of, you know knitting that together to make sense um so i think you know it's easy enough to it's easy enough to write things academically you know everyone can kind of do that anyone who's done a history degree can do that but um i think for me that it's it's more about the kind of creative artistic narrative side of things i guess the people that are going to listen to this episode will be those that have a love of history and think how can i make a career out of it and I guess what we're saying here is, you know, when you think of a history career, traditionally, you think about maybe being a lecturer, maybe being an author, but 
you've taken it into kind of the modern age, right? Being a producer, a presenter. And these opportunities are massive now with the likes of social media. Like you say, if you started a history TikTok, you could grow it into a business. So when people think about careers in history, they don't they shouldn't necessarily think about having to be a lecturer or or something like that. Do you think that's right? Yeah, definitely. And the problem is you search if you search jobs on, you know, job search sites whatever they may be um you search history and it comes up with teachers it's always teach history teacher head of history history professor <laughs> stuff like that and even on history websites where it's trying to help you with careers they don't really they don't really branch out of that and i think um to be honest all through school all through university i, I don't think i was ever really um given like given the kind of option to do what i'm doing now and it was never really on the cards Maybe because it's a bit, I suppose, I don't, I'm not really sure why. And yeah, I definitely say to people, you know, I'm doing something in some ways quite straightforward being on history TV, but you could make, you can make history from, you can make the most exciting things, the most wacky, crazy ideas, and you could use history to do that. So, you know, maybe you could set up a kind of Glastonbury for history, or maybe you could set up a whole brand of clothing that's for history and people, history is such a big um market and a big kind of topic that people are so endlessly fascinated in. and of course there's literally endless topics to work with so i'll definitely say to people um you know roll, definitely don't be restricted to being bookish or academic if that's not for you you know and i i've i've taken history and then i've gone to media because that's the thing that i'm interested in but i equally could have gone into from history to be um setting up a business of clothing or something i you know i think you could you could do that. So, yeah. And what are some of the personality traits that you see in yourself and some of those uh, colleagues around you that you think really helped get to where you are now? Um, I think, you know, I think we're primarily in a creative business. So although it's history, I wouldn't say that we are, you know, it's the same sort of thing. We're not like bookish people necessarily. I think I'm, we always come up with lots of ideas. That's the most important thing. We have to come up with ideas all the time. And maybe that's for documentaries. Maybe that's for, oh, we're going to this festival, this history festival, and we need to be the coolest tent there. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> or we're at a shoot and we need to, we need another German soldier, but we haven't got one. What are we going to do? And then it's, it's just kind of, you know, being spontaneous and being able to think on your feet. So, I think if I was looking to recruit someone and if it was my business, I really want people who could think, think outside the box and um, definitely have a big, have a passion for history. And you do have to have a knowledge of history, but I, I would say creativity is, it's just so hard to find from people. Um, I'm not saying I'm necessarily that person, but um, when you do see it, it's just so valuable in a company. So yeah, I think that's the most important thing. Is there actually a festival of history? <laughs> yeah well there's yeah there's chalk valley history festival is probably the biggest one um and that's got a lot of speakers and um kind of reenactments and there's a flyover and all that kind of stuff but actually recently we've got into um we've been in touch with all the reenactment events um the reenactment groups so yeah that's, that's got really big hasn't it that's like there's a massive presence on social media for reenactments now yeah, so like there's the Viking festival when all the Viking reenactment groups um, they all gather in York. So I went to the Orvik Viking festival earlier this year. That's pretty um, cool. So last year, see, um, 
but yeah no so there's loads of events that's the thing like if you like you could there's, it's so it's absolutely endless what you could do with history so i definitely encourage people to think outside the box a bit more you know more than tv more than books julie julie's staring me down because he knows what i'm going to say if you ever need two vikings or two german soldiers <laughs> we are available yeah, okay, and we I'll will come it. to the festival <laughs> You have to have a German accent, though. We have to get ours to... Oh, um... I'm not going to do that, because I'll, I'll brutalise <laughs> yeah, it. Mate. I've got the beard. That's the only reason I can pass. I was a Viking. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, you could be a Viking. <laughs> um, so what are some of the biggest positives and opportunities you've had out of what you're doing? I mean, working with the likes of Dan Snow and these amazing historians must be up there. Yeah, I mean, it's really awesome to work with someone like Dan Snow and... Um, in our you know we work with loads of freelancers and they've been in the business for like ages they've done everything that you can do they've done some amazing things and I it's just you know sometimes I'm there as what they call a spare pair of hands on shoot and I just have to help them and talk to them and I learn from them all the time so it's just so you know you just pick up so much from being on the ground running with these sorts of things um so that's really a great opportunity but um Wait, sorry, you have to repeat the question. What were you, what were you asking me? It's all right. Some of the biggest positives and, and opportunities yeah, yeah. you've had out of it so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think maybe this is something which goes for all sorts of, um, all industries, is being in a small company rather than being in a big corporation. You know, if I always think if I'd been in the BBC or, the, or ITV and I'd gone in as a researcher, um, I'd still be a researcher now and I'd have got very good at being a researcher but I'd still be doing that and maybe I'd now be able to move up to you know helping produce stuff and then maybe I'd be able to a year on I'd be able to like work on a different show you know so it's a it's you know you learn how these big productions are made but you don't necessarily get all this different experience and what you get from a small company and I've seen it with people you know in other industries as well um is that you can they're so much more flexible you can talk to the boss you know we're all in the same room and you can come up with an idea even if you're in you're the intern and they might do it so i think i've had really good opportunities from it being so flexible um and i can put my ideas forward and they they come to fruition which is amazing you know and oh, I definitely say, i want to documentary and we'll do it that's great yeah earlier when you were talking about some of the your, your things you do on an average day um, and you're just listing off all these different things I was like wow you you are getting involved in everything there aren't you yeah and I think that that I mean I know my friend who works in property obviously completely different but he works in a small company and he has been put so far in the deep end that he's just got so much responsibility compared to if you'd been in a big company and I think everybody could take that on board really I, I think that's great advice. I started out working for big corporates in the city and I've recently uh, moved into a, a different sector and I'm working for a small to medium sized company. Yeah. It is like the best decision I've ever made because you, you just get chucked in and it's like sink or swim and yeah. you can chat to the boss. You can put ideas forward. And like you say, you can just, if you've got a good idea, they're like, yeah, go for it. It's, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. And you see the change and the impact you have. Yeah. Yeah. Which completely. is cool. I guess not everyone's made for that, but I think for for me in doing, you know, when we're doing creative stuff, it's definitely really important for me. And so what would be some of the uh, the less favourable aspects that you've found of the industry so far? Yeah, I know. I <laughs> I saw you put that as a question and I, I genuinely find it quite hard 
to know. And I don't know if that's because I have, have only had the particular view that I've had and I mm. haven't had anything else. I suppose if you look at, um, it, I, I'm, to be honest, I genuinely don't know, but I assume that it's, I don't know where it comes in terms of salary, you know, maybe people, that's why people are put off it. If you're being a banker, definitely I'm more, <laughs> I think, you know, um, you probably go in at a grad, I guess most people probably go in at a graduate salary, like low twenties or something, but maybe in other jobs you can go through it a bit faster. You know, you get, you get a pay, an increase in salary quicker over the years. And I, I maybe in TV you don't, that's just my feeling, but, um, but then I think the potential there is a potential to also earn a lot of money. I mean, this is the the world of Netflix, you know, and they, they yeah, must be earning yeah. a lot of money there. And I guess if you look at my potential trajectory as being either a presenter or being a producer, if you look to the end of that, some of the BBC presenters get paid so much money. Mm. Um, obviously, that is the extreme. But then also, you know, you could go into producing, set up your own production company, work at Netflix as a producer you're, or something. you're involved in a, a business at, you know you say it's three or whatever years old you're involved in the early stage business of, of something that is potentially massive which is yeah. so cool right yeah it's really cool and I guess also what I think sometimes think like if I set up that business like if I set up our business I could I could be in this position in five years time which is just crazy I mean it's the same with every single um every business but I guess because it's all media and it's all online, like it seems like it might happen a bit quicker. Um, I don't know what the negative. I don't know. I really don't know what negatives are. I guess. Uh, well, I, th- I think for me, I, c- I can without a doubt hear like the passion you have for not only the history and the work you do, which going back to the money, basically, you know, it, it sounds like you, you don't work a day in your life. You are absolutely loving what you're doing. You're fairly fresh out of university and you've basically just hit the ground running really. Yeah, no, I think that's it. You know, I mean, I'm, tr- I'm really trying to think of negatives. Um, but I think maybe one, like I'm really, really happy in my job, but I, um, I'm definitely happier in my job now than I was a year ago. And that's because the stuff that I happened to be doing a year ago, I just wasn't as interested in. And I've really, like I'm really kind of hit the point where I'm really interested in all you know I've, I've kind of got to this point where I'm passionate about the things I'm doing I'm want to do the things that I'm doing whereas you know for example last year I was doing podcasts which is just for me it's like not as interesting but you know for some people it might be so Ouch. maybe it's the case of yeah sorry sorry yeah. I had a lot of podcasts and it was like just <laughs> not my vibe but it's okay <laughs> but um yeah, maybe it's a case of just finding that balance of definitely doing the thing you're interested in. I don't know. And uh, obviously you're doing both presenting and producing at History Hit at the moment. What for you is your favourite out of those two? Um, that's a good question. Well, I think produce... Uh, I, 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 wouldn't, I don't know because <laughs> the thing is people say presenting, but, it's, but presenting doesn't just include um actually i think i think it's wrong to say presenting and producing but it's just that these are the like these are the roles that they would assign you to if you had to fill in a form and it had a drop down menu you sure. have to like those but actually what i do i make documentaries and that involves thinking of ideas writing it presenting it um organizing the shoots editing it 
putting it out, deciding what the thumbnail is going to look like, deciding what the title is going to be. Sometimes the most difficult thing. Yeah, they, <laughs> um, are, they are so hard to come up with, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, like thinking of a catch line as well. But, you know, I do all of those things and I do them at different stage, at different levels all the time. So tomorrow I'm a presenter, but I might not be a presenter for the next two months. I don't know. You know, it, it just depends what's happening in the history world. <laughs> That's it. So if somebody's listening to this and they think, you know, they love history and they're thinking they want to get involved with a career in history, what kind of things can they do when, if they're at university or going into university to make themselves stand out uh, to sort of go for future roles like you're doing or even maybe traditional history roles? Well, I think in, I I think there's, people tend to be very cautious about um, jobs in, in terms of they wait for those, they wait for an advert for a job and then they apply and maybe they're applying with a degree in history from good, ex good university, whatever it is. But actually you can't just be that, like you've, you've got to be, I think you've got to be way more proactive. And that's what I've always been, you know, I've always sent so many emails, so many punchy emails, <laughs> do you know, not just someone who I know at X company, I sent it to the head of the company, people like Classic FM. I once sent an email to Classic FM, the guy who runs it, and he replied to me and it was, you know, wow. I got yeah. And it's like nine times out of 10 people don't reply, but my top tip would be, send some really like punchy emails um maybe because you want to write some articles or maybe um you've just got some ideas uh, i don't know like you want to do work experience with them or just sort of take the initiative on it all a bit more um and also you know i i, to honest, I did do quite a lot of history stuff like i took a show to the edinburgh fringe i set up a magazine but anybody could do that you know it just takes the initiative to do it it's obviously a lot of work but now I can say to people I mean even if your show is terrible this is what I was saying like even if your show is terrible and nobody comes you've then had the experience of putting on a show presenting history to members of the public you know heckling people on the Royal Mile of Edinburgh saying come to my show because history is so important what was that like at Fringe did you enjoy it was it good yeah it was really fun it was really really fun and you know that's why I'm so encouraged about history and the public because I really noticed how people really enjoyed this kind of history being presented in a more interesting way. Um, and, you know, the magazine I did, it was history in a kind of, it, I was based it on um, Close the Magazine. <laughs> so it had loads of gossip columns. <laughs> That's quite cool. That's yeah. actually something I want to touch on is obviously you and all your peers coming out of university, you all had a history degree, but there's something that you did, which probably none of the others did. And that was, do this magazine and i was wondering could you just um basically just a little bit more information on what it was and if there was anything other and similar that you did to really help you stand out in your field um so yeah the magazine was called the plague and the strap button was for history that gets under your skin and it was based on yeah (laughs) it's quite relevant in the moment i don't know if it should have like a rerun in these pandemic times but in the but it was um i basically bought a copy of closer magazine and designed it like just completely copied the layout and just designed it like that um and it had yeah it was really it was really funny actually it had you know articles like uh Jane Austen interviewing Kira Knightley um or you know Napoleon's vegan diet or something or <laughs> I, like I can't even remember it was just so silly like some stories of you know interviewing the most crazy fresher in Edinburgh and it'd be like Charles II or something 
um, kind of like the tab, if you ever read the tab, it's just those kind of articles all the time. Um, and yeah, I just distributed it in like, you know, all the universities um, all around the country. And then I, which was really fun, you know, got loads of good feedback. Um, and also this is another tip, definitely if people give you really good feedback, definitely just n like jot them down because I found it so useful to be able to say, this member of the public said this about me doing history and that, that has been useful. Um, but yeah, the, and then the key thing that I did is I entered it into, they have these student publication awards where it's normally things like, um, you know, magazines or newspapers, which have been set up for a hundred years or at Durham university or something or whatever. So, and they've got a team of 20 people. So, um, it was quite a thing to enter a magazine where it's just me. <laughs> um, and I kind of, you know, I suppose I probably shouldn't have had a chance to win anything considering there were so many other people entering, but I did win an award um, for, I can't actually remember now, um, but then I could then say I had this, I founded this award-winning history magazine. Yeah. Um, and it's, like it sounds really good to say that to people even but you know there's no reason why anyone else couldn't have done that and i would really encourage people to just do it you know yeah definitely and uh, since leaving university and you know going into interviews and that was it sort of like a, a talking topic with people um yeah i think um well mm, i don't know i haven't really done that many interviews i had in fact <laughs> had one interview so which was history hit so like <laughs> um but i think you know i think they might have been impressed by that because it was so specific to history yeah absolutely but you know there's also i did the magazine but i also made the most of it in the way that i sent it to a lot of people um i sent it to because it was satire i sent it to ian hislop and like people at private eye and a few other people like that who kind of are in that field um and they they um responded and really liked it and stuff so and i probably could have pushed out a bit more and said can i have work experience or whatever so i think you've always got to think what where this kind of thing might lead <laughs> what was your what's your best tip for finding people's contact details when you were trying to get you know you're contacting these people that it's not easy to find them all the time yeah i yeah i know um I think, I think, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not really sure. I normally would just go, lots, lots of people I've contacted have worked at um, papers. So you can often work it out sure. because you can see like the telegraph. It's always like first name dot and then <laughs> at telegraph.co.uk or something like that. Yeah. Um, and you normally know quite quickly because you get a, you get a, um, you know, those like those emails that bounce back. <laughs> this yeah. email address doesn't exist. <laughs> but often you can look at press packs um, and that's got people. And often I just, you know, if it's just inquiries at something, you can just send that in and just send it to the guy in charge or the girl in charge. Like, why not? That's what I do. And it does, it does work. Um, and also people always send really boring emails. Like there's a, often for lots of things, there's a formula for writing mm proposals there's a formula to write it you can google how to write a book proposal and they'll tell you such a boring way to write it um and i've never really believed in that um and i think that's paid off i've always written really exciting emails um because in the world which i'm in where you're writing that's part of the skill you need you've got one email to show that you can do it so I think be really punchy with how you write, you know, yeah. say just write in an interesting, exciting, enthusiastic way. 
which whatever that might be. So. And what's something that's not in the job description that you never expected to be doing at this uh, this role? I'm not sure. What's to be honest, there was there wasn't really a job role. That's it. Yeah, it can be that. There's no job description, so you just had to get stuck in. Yeah. Um, I think when I first started, I was writing articles. I think that's mm. what it was, really. Um, but all these um, things have have come into place as you've you've grown more in the company, right? Yeah, and I think you know it's just <laughs> whatever needs to be done, I, I kind of do, and that's a really I think it's a really good way to run a company. I mean, I know lots of small companies do that, but if I ever, I think it's it's hard. I don't know how big corporate companies could still take hold of that because. Mm. Of, harder once it's bigger and there's just more people and there's more admin there's more departments but if they could get have a sense of being a bit more flexible things that'd be a really good thing but. so how was the uh, how was the first interview you you did with history here was that difficult <laughs> or was it was it like i is it like does dan snow sit down with you and chat or how did it go no not at all it was um i just emailed and i said I'm this like history gal who's really into history and this is me, this is what I've done. And then the chap who's in charge was said, can you come and meet me? Um, and, and I said, yeah, which was, I happened to be in London. So I just went like the next day or something. And then he said, well, you could start tomorrow, but someone else is starting tomorrow. So can you start on Wednesday? And so I started on Wednesday and that was How it. Cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, maybe that's another tip. I think it's good to reply, you know, um, if you need to go and meet someone, just do it now, like seize the mm, moment. Yeah. Um, I, I messaged someone, I realized in my local paper, there was a big TV producer in our local town and I emailed him and he said, yeah, you can come and see me whenever, just drop in. And I was like, how about half an hour? And then I just saw him that afternoon and then... Perfect. Which I just, maybe there's no time like the present on this. Yeah, yeah. you, you've got to grab the opportunities, right? That's great advice. Yeah, I mean, I don't do it all the time. It's hard work, you know, replying to emails all the time. But um, I try and do that <laughs> as much as I can. And would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now? Yeah, and I think I wish I'd gone in earlier. I wasn't, or not earlier, but I wish I'd known that I was definitely going to do this earlier because... As a history student, everyone becomes a lawyer. As I've said, all my friends became lawyers. They are currently studying to become lawyers. And at the time, it's, um, it's, it seems like a good option because once you get into law, you know, G- doing your GDL, whatever you do, it's like a, it feels like you're set. You know, you're on course, your life's in control. Yeah. But actually, um, and, and, you know, I felt that quite ang- ang- like I found quite anxious about that for quite a long time because everyone else seemed to feel like they're in control of things. But um, I'm just really glad that I persevered with doing something more creative and had faith in this. And actually, I wish that I kind of knew earlier that there were opportunities like this out there. Um, so I, I wish I just kind of pursued making TV stuff on my own. You know, at the moment I'm doing freelance work for some other museums and stuff, but I wish that I, I could have started that like years ago. Um, mm. But then, you know, I didn't know. That's easy to say in hindsight, you know, that's what history's about. <laughs> so I think, I guess um, actually what I wish I'd done more, I wish I'd done more work experience, even in um, industries I didn't want to go into, like law, say, because at least you know that you don't want to do it or you do want to, you know, it just clarifies it a bit more. Um, and it's such a mystery, you know, me saying this now, I don't even, I literally don't know what other people do in the, some of their jobs. I just, 
<laughs> it's you know it would be quite good to know well if you want to find out there's about 60 episodes back catalog. <laughs> yes <laughs> that's it yeah we'll listen um, to the podcast. <laughs> that's it so thank you so much for coming on alice um it's been a real pleasure to chat with you and, and find out about what you do oh no that's great to chat to you i'm great i really hope loads of people go into the world of history because it's definitely worth it brilliant well thank you so much for coming on and where can people find you on social media and your tiktoks Oh, yeah. Well, you can follow me on history underscore Alice on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but you can watch the History Hits TikTok channel. Um, on It's just History Hits. So do give it a look. <laughs> and where can people find History Hit if they want to go and have a look and sign up? Yeah, do have a look. It's um, it's just you just need to search History Hits into Google and it will come up History Hit TV and it's it's all there. Perfect. Thank you so much again, Alice. Thank no, you. thank you so much for having me. It's great to chat. Cheers. Speak soon. Bye.